Water is at the top of everyone's mind. But how much do we know about what comes out of our faucets? Since our producers are out this week on vacation, we're borrowing an episode from Water Smarts Podcast from Southern Nevada Water Authority. We love that their hosts are super geeked about breaking down everything you need to know about water in Southern Nevada. On today's episode, they're going to answer the question, is it safe to drink the tap water? Find Water Smarts Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or go to snwa.com. It's Thursday, August 25th, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. From the banks of the Colorado River in Lake Mead to the homes and businesses in Southern Nevada, welcome to Water Smarts, the podcast pumping from the heart of Las Vegas, where we engage with the experts who keep the water flowing throughout Southern Nevada. I'm Bronson Mack. And I'm Crystal Zelke. From how we treat it, deliver it, use it, protect it, and conserve it, the Water Smarts podcast is all about water in Southern Nevada. We hope to make you a little smarter about the one thing that keeps us all connected water. Hey, Crystal, how are you today? I'm doing good, Bronson. Just uh, looking at all the stuff that's been in the news the last few days, a lot of talk about the drought, our situation here in Southern Nevada. I mean, we're getting national and international attention for our unfortunate situation caused by the drought. Yeah, you know, this is a 20-year drought we've been experiencing. Uh, anybody that has seen Lake Mead has seen what the implications of this drought have been on the water levels. They've dropped about 150 feet since the, the year 2000. And just recently, the Southern Nevada Water Authority started operating the low lake level pumping station because water levels got so low that that pumping station and that investment that this community has made in that infrastructure is now operating, helping to ensure we continue to move water from Lake Mead over to our water treatment plants. And that water treatment process, obviously very important. We're going to talk a little bit today about water quality, about what the Southern Nevada Water Authority does to help protect water quality. Water treatment is one of the greatest advancements in protecting public health. You think back to the 1800s, uh, not that any of us were there, but, you know, the times before there was robust water treatment, there were high instances of waterborne illness. And with advancements in water treatment, that has really helped ensure that tap water and drinking water is safe for everybody to consume. And today with us here on the Water Smarts podcast, we have Carolyn Faircloth, the manager of the SNWA's Water Quality Laboratory. Carolyn, welcome to the Water Smarts podcast. Hi, Bronson, Crystal. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Your team really does play an important role when it comes to protecting our community's water supply, making sure that that water is meeting all of the standards that it's safe for all of us to not only come in contact with, but to drink. And a lot of people don't really realize the science that goes into protecting that water supply and ensuring that you can drink it without worry. So can you just tell us a little bit about what you and your team do every day to ensure that we have high quality water right here in Southern Nevada? 
Our number one goal for the Southern Nevada Water Quality Laboratory is to ensure that our drinking water meets or surpasses all state and federal Safe Drinking Water Act standards. Collecting water samples, conducting numerous analytical tests, using cutting-edge technology here in the laboratory is how um, we conduct all of the monitoring for Safe Drinking Water Act. We have very sensitive analytical instrumentation and highly specialized scientists that analyze water samples throughout the year. And we're able to analyze samples for various contaminants, microbiological to chemical. SNWA not only tests for regulated contaminants, but we go above and beyond the law and test for many unregulated contaminants as well. And we test more frequently than what is required by law. So we're really committed to ensuring high quality water is delivered to valley homes and businesses. So Carolyn, you mentioned the Safe Drinking Water Act. What is that and how does it help protect our drinking water? The Safe Drinking Water Act, it falls under EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, and it is a law that was passed by Congress in 1974. It's a federal law that protects the quality of the public's drinking water. And EPA sets standards and regulatory limits for the certain contaminants that may be present in municipal water systems. We call them the National Primary Drinking Water Regulations. Primary standards and treatment techniques can include arsenic, nitrate, total coliforms, and E. coli. These contaminant standards are required by the Safe Drinking Water Act and are administered through the state of Nevada's Department of Environmental Protection. That's who oversees the public water systems and SNWA laboratory to make sure that we are meeting all of the EPA requirements and state requirements as well. We go beyond these tough standards to ensure a high quality water by not only monitoring the regulated contaminants, but also non-regulated contaminants, as I mentioned before, and we monitor at increased frequencies than what is required by EPA. So we do uh, analyses kind of for our own information, but also for our operations team, treatment, water resources, even Clean Water Act permit requirements. Um, we have cutting edge technology to ensure that there is safe and reliable drinking water delivered to our community, which, you know, water is such a vital resource. So we need to make sure that, that the water is safe to drink. Those Safe Drinking Water Act standards that you talked about, that's part of some federal legislation that was passed some times ago called the Safe Drinking Water Act, which obviously is a very important piece of legislation as it keeps those who are consuming tap water from municipal water providers, it keeps them safe. And as you said, it provides a level of protection for those water systems. And then, of course, you also mentioned there that the EPA sets individual standards. But can you just tell us a little bit more about what S SNWA lab staff does to make sure that we as a water agency are complying with those laws? Here in the SNWA laboratory, we have 37 employees that work here. A little bit of information, back in 2021, the SNWA staff collected more than 55,000 water samples from various testing locations and out on the lake, as I mentioned. We conducted more than 318,000 analyses on those samples and tested for more than 160 regulated and unregulated contaminants. We're able to monitor water quality in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And again, we collect samples from Lake Mead, various storage reservoirs, and 387 sample stations throughout the community. 
I keep mentioning Lake Mead. So how else do you go out and collect water samples and conduct profile testing on the lake? Well, we have a sample boat that's dedicated specifically for sampling purposes that the field specialists can also go out and collect uh, the water samples. And I know what you're thinking, Bronson. No, no one can just go out and take a joyride on that sample boat. Oh, I was just going to say, I I like to wakeboard. You don't do any wakeboarding behind that boat then, huh? Of course not, no. Well, let me ask you this then. If you're not doing wakeboarding on the boat and you're taking that boat out to collect samples and you mentioned that you also collect samples from, I I believe you said 387 sampling stations throughout the community. Where are those sampling stations located? They are located in various spots around the valley. So we have sample stations at commercial buildings. We have sample stations at schools, in front of churches, residential homes. Most of our locations are residential homes, but the customer may not even know that their address is one of our compliance sampling locations because it's located inside of their water meter box. That's where we collect the samples from. So you're actually collecting samples from neighborhoods, from residential neighborhoods, from commercial locations throughout the valley. So it's not just that you're taking samples at the water treatment facility, checking it. Yep, it's treated good. That water looks good. Off it goes. You actually go out and maintain this level of monitoring and sampling and going into neighborhoods. And while you indicated that you're pulling some samples from meter boxes, that's not necessarily for that particular home, but rather a representative sample of the quality of water that is in that entire neighborhood, correct? That is correct. Absolutely. Because I have to imagine if there is a water quality issue that is identified at one of those sampling locations in a neighborhood or at a residential home, it has the potential to affect other homes within that neighborhood. So that's what gives you kind of that representative sample and that confidence that the water is meeting or surpassing, I believe you said, those safe drinking water standards. That is correct. And I just want to emphasize, too, that we do not go inside the uh, residential homes. Water district employee or SNWA employee will not ask to come inside a neighborhood home. So I just wanted to emphasize that. I'm actually, I'm going to pop back in here. I'm really glad that you did mention that because from time to time, individuals will get a knock on the door from somebody saying, hey, I'm here to collect a water sample. And if you are a homeowner or resident and you get a knock on the door, somebody saying, I need to come in your home and collect a water sample, you should know first and foremost, that is not a Southern Nevada Water Authority employee and probably not an employee of any of the water utilities because we do not enter the home in order to collect the sample. So that's sort of a homeowner beware type of a situation. If you if you get that kind of an interaction, probably best not to open the door, I, I would suppose. That is correct. Carolyn, I know that the lab is looking for very small amounts of contaminants when conducting tests and analyses. What are some of the ways SNWA ensures reliable testing results? I'm glad you asked that, Crystal. In any laboratory, a quality assurance and quality control program is vital to ensuring that data produced is reliable, accurate, and legally defensible, especially when handling samples for public health and drinking water. Here at the SNWA Water Quality Laboratory, we have a robust quality assurance and quality control program that's committed to meeting requirements set forth by the state's Bureau of Safe Drinking Water Lab Certification Program, meeting TNI standards and ISO 17025 requirements. 
We conduct proficiency testing to ensure that the instrumentation that we're using is operating properly, is reliable and following all requirements, as well as um, we conduct single blind and double blind studies that help ensure, again, that our instrumentation is working properly and that our staff is following proper methods. We then have inspections by the state. They inspect not only the treatment facilities, but also the laboratory. And we've even had third-party auditors come in just for our own information outside of our required minimum audit inspection. What's the purpose of that type of an audit or inspection? It's to ensure that the laboratory is following all standard methods and EPA methods, that our uh, scientists are following the prescribed steps and using the appropriate reagents, that we're reporting at the appropriate levels and following the Code of Federal Regulations for those analyses as prescribed by the EPA. So that's really keeping the water quality testing and analysis process uh, at a level where it is certified, where it is uh, valid. It's accountable, right? It's It's an accountability to make sure that the lab is doing everything that it is supposed to be doing in accordance with the standards to ensure high quality drinking water. Absolutely. Wow. So with that, obviously, there is high quality drinking water that is provided to Southern Nevadans. The lab and the scientists that are there are confirming that to make sure. But can you just share with us and our listeners where we can go to learn a little bit more about the community's water supply and what we test for? I'm not sure that everybody knows that they can actually review these test results themselves. Absolutely, Bronson. The SNWA publishes the water analyses from the two water treatment facilities in the annual water quality report. It's also called the Consumer Confidence Report, and this is a requirement, again, of the EPA's Safe Drinking Water Act. Residents should receive one report in the mail every year around June from their water utility. So the SNWA laboratory publishes the results and the data from all of the monitoring throughout the year, gives that to the public water systems, and the water systems then will create the water quality report and send it out to all their bill-paying customers. And just to clarify, when you talk about the water systems, here in Southern Nevada, we're talking about the water utilities that are delivering water to homes and businesses. So the city of Henderson, the city of North Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Valley Water District, Boulder City, and then down there in Laughlin, Big Bend Water District, all of those entities produce water quality reports and mail them out to their customers? You are correct, Bronson. And we do analyze samples for all of those public water systems since SNWA does serve those communities. So if you don't get the Consumer Confidence Report or Water Quality Report in the mail, you can always go to snwa.com and find a link to your utilities report. So the water quality reports have an overview of where drinking water comes from. It tells us about what's being tested and what the results of those tests are. And all of the reports have a table that lists the various contaminants that are tested and how much was in the water supply. Carolyn, for someone like me who's non-sciencey, can you help explain how to interpret the information in those tables? Like what am I, what do, what do I need to understand when I see things like parts per million or parts per billion? So generally, there's a table that's included in the water quality report that provides information on the results throughout the year. 
The table lists things such as the average measurement found for constituents in the water. The EPA's maximum contaminant levels, or MCL, is located in that table for constituents and also units for which the water is tested. Most of the units are in parts per million, PPM, or parts per billion, PPB. Uh, And just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea of what that's like, Parts per million is equivalent to one cup of water in an Olympic-sized swimming pool, whereas parts per billion is equivalent to, say, one drop of water in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So we're talking very small quantities that we can detect in the water sample. Member agency reports can include additional information. That's so that the community is provided with as much information as possible about their water supply, what's found in the water, as well as other educational material. This information can include, like I mentioned, source of the drinking water, how we monitor and test and treat the water. And of course, there's the table that we talked about with the water quality test results. With those test results, Carolyn, if if there is something that is found from one of these constituents, does that necessarily mean like it's a bad thing? Does it mean like it's been treated for? Can you just help us understand? Because you talked about being able to detect some of these constituents in very, very small quantities. What happens when you find it? Part of the rule for the water quality report or consumer confidence report is that if anything is detected in the water, we have to report it. We have to give our consumers that piece of information, that education. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad or that it's a public health risk. You know, you need to check the municipal drinking water levels on that table, as well as that primary EPA MCL standard. That's what's key. You know, there'll be a minimum detection, a maximum, and the average for the year, which again will be in those parts per million and parts per billion very small reporting units. But what's important is if something has exceeded the MCL, so has exceeded that particular EPA primary rule. When that happens, then we do have to issue a what's called a public notice, and that is required for exceedances of the MCL or violations and would either be in the water quality report, either in that table, or you may even see a whole blurb about that, which will give you additional information, such as things that we call health effects. We may have to increase monitoring until the contaminant is below the MCL to ensure that there are no issues with the public water supply. And then if there is an exceedance, like you said, there's public notification. So that can happen through the water quality report itself or separate notification that may go to individual customers that may have in any way, shape or form been served with that water. So that's a lot of checks and balances and notification and disclosures to the community to help reassure them that their water is of high quality. And we're trying to make sure that there's transparency and that we are, again, giving the public as much information as possible about their drinking water. Carolyn, sometimes when I'm at gatherings with other people and I tell them I work for the Southern Nevada Water Authority or the Las Vegas Valley Water District, I often get asked about our tap water. Some people don't like the taste of it or they're just curious about it because it's different from where they came from. I personally don't notice it. I also grew up here, so it's the water I know and love. What's the most common question you get from people about their drinking water? Crystal, I also get that same question, if someone can drink the tap water, or I also get if I drink the tap water. 
And to both questions, I say yes. Yes, you can drink the tap water. And yes, I do drink the tap water because we have one of the cleanest sources here, which is the Colorado River. You know, in our state of the art treatment facilities are able to treat and produce a high quality drinking water that's distributed throughout the distribution system. But you did note that sometimes taste is a question that you get from people in the community. So let's just talk a little bit about the taste. Is the taste an indicator of the quality of the water? Does the taste tell us anything about the water's safety? No, Brunson, the taste and safety are separate issues. Taste is more of an aesthetic quality, so meaning it's subjective from one person to another, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's unsafe if somebody thinks that the water tastes bad. We treat the water, again, to a high quality What most people are tasting are probably the minerals in our water because our water is very hard. As I mentioned, Colorado River is our source. Or they may be detecting, you know, chlorine that's used to protect the quality of the drinking water. And so whenever I explain what the hardness is to somebody that's saying that maybe the water is chalky, that's just the minerals that they're tasting. It's the calcium and the magnesium because our water is a little bit harder than some other communities. You know, some people may also describe the taste as metallic or salty. So to improve the taste, uh, I always say to add a slice of lemon or an orange to a glass of water or a pitcher of water. You know, you can let a pitcher or carafe sit in the refrigerator, let the chlorine dissipate if maybe they're detecting some of that chlorine taste. I know some people do like having home water treatment systems. Of course, that's optional. And just depending on the type of system, you know, it can filter and remove some of those uh, minerals or there's like soft water softeners. But again, taste and safety are two separate issues. And real quick as a follow up, you mentioned that there are home water treatment systems like a reverse osmosis system that some people might have under the sink in their kitchen, removing those minerals and even that chlorine. But for just the aesthetics and just to enhance the taste of the drinking water, the activated carbon filter that you mentioned, the carafe, these are like the Brita filters, relatively inexpensive, but can improve the taste if uh, the taste is something that you want to improve. And if you want some non-biased information on the types of active carbon filters that are available, visit snwa.com, click on water quality. We have a water quality packet that you can request and it'll be mailed to your home so that you can make some informed decisions about what kind of filtration you may want or even if you need it. We talk a lot about the drought and it's more prevalent right now. We're talking a lot about it with the federally declared shortage on Lake Mead and its impact to our water resources. Carolyn, can you talk to us a little bit more about how the low water levels at Lake Mead impact water quality and what SNWA has done to protect our water supply? So Crystal, as the lake levels drop and the surface water could potentially get closer to our intakes, the water quality could potentially change. That's why we're out there on the sampling boat at least once a week, collecting water samples, conducting profile testing to help with our treatment staff, as well as our water resources, to help with modeling efforts and treatment efforts with the water quality. You know, in 2015, the SNWA built Intake 3 in the low lake level pump station so that we can access our water as the lake levels fall but also so that we get the best quality water. 
it's important that we have this resource. It's at a lower elevation where it's reaching cooler, cleaner water. And reaching that cooler, cleaner water obviously means that on the treatment side, just makes it easier to treat that water, meet those standards that are so rigid, associated with safe drinking water, so that you can drink your water confidently and know that it is meeting or surpassing those standards. You know, Carolyn, I made all of my baby bottles. I have two kids. I made all of their baby bottles strictly with tap water. They are tap water drinkers. Let me ask you this. You indicated that, uh, that you drink the tap water. What about, uh, what about kids? Kids drinking the tap water, that's okay? Absolutely. Kids, adults can drink the tap water. And again, we are drawing water from a lower lake level that's cleaner and has cooler temperatures for easier water treatment. Let me ask you one more follow-up here because I'm, you know, I'm a child of the, of the 80s, so I grew up on Mr. Wizard's World and 321 Contact. So like my thought about the lab is a bunch of people in white coats and beakers and test tubes and Bunsen burners and probably lots of cool stuff that happens so that they can analyze these water samples. Am I off the mark? Is that, is that what goes on there or is it a little, I don't know, a little more sophisticated? Oh, it's very sophisticated, but we do have the lab coats. We do have the mixing and the Bunsen burners and Erlenmeyer flasks and all that fun stuff as well. It's good to know that the lab has the best people and the best equipment to test our water on the daily basis. And it's nice to know how you and your staff work every day to make sure Southern Nevadans can trust their drinking water. For our listeners who might want more information about specific contaminants or water quality in general, are there any sources that you would recommend? Yes, absolutely. There's a few resources that customers can go to if they wanted more information. There's the SNWA website at snwa.com, the EPA's website, which is at epa.gov slash SDWA, that's the Safe Drinking Water Act. And then, of course, the State of Nevada's Division of Environmental Protection Agency, and that's at ndep.nv.gov. And just click on the water section and it'll take you to the water information. Great resources that are out there. A state-of-the-art laboratory right here in Southern Nevada. Carolyn running that lab, making sure that the scientists and the instrumentations are all doing exactly what they're supposed to do to help ensure that we continue to provide the highest quality water to every resident here in Southern Nevada. What great information. Carolyn Faircloth, thank you so much for joining us here today on the Water Smarts Podcast. Bronson and Crystal, thank you so much again for having me. This was great. And I'm happy to share this information and what we do each and every day to help deliver safe drinking water to our customers. Become a plant master and save when you apply for the Southern Nevada Water Authority's Water Smart Landscapes Rebate Program. You'll not only save money on your monthly water bill, but the SNWA will give you a cash rebate of $3 per square foot of grass replaced with Water Smart Landscaping. The program has saved our community billions of gallons of water by upgrading nearly 200 million square feet of lawn. Now that's plantastic. Get rid of the grass and make the switch today. For more details, visit snwa.com. SNWA is a not-for-profit water agency. 
Well, Crystal, another learning experience for us here on the Water Smarts podcast, talking with Carolyn about the Water Quality Laboratory and all the great things that happen there to help protect our drinking water. Pretty impressive, huh? It is impressive, you know, and I've, I've said this before on the podcast about how I am not a science person. That has never been my favorite subject, but I'm glad that there are people out there who get it and love it and love to be in a lab looking at water in a beaker <laughs> and putting it under the microscope and that they're making sure we have high quality drinking water. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, Carolyn referenced that there's 37 or so employees out there at the Water Quality Laboratory, and these are chemists and microbiologists and water quality technicians and folks who are operating and maintaining this very sensitive instrumentation that is used to detect potential constituents in our water supply down to a part per billion, or she didn't reference this, but also a part per trillion. So this instrumentation that they use is so amazing and so sensitive that it can really detect these minute particles in the drinking water. It can identify them. It can tell you what quantities are, are there. And then all of that information gets shared out with the community through those water quality reports that you can get from your local water utility by visiting their website or visiting snwa.com. Pretty comforting to know we have such high expertise and knowledge out there making sure that our water supply remains safe. Well, that's it for this episode here on Water Smarts. We hope you subscribe and listen next time. If you have a question, feel free to send it our way. You can find us via email at watersmarts at snwa.com. That's watersmarts at snwa.com. Or just visit our website, snwa.com, and you can reach us through the contact page. If you submit a question, we'll make sure to get you an answer. We might even hear your question and talk about it on our next podcast. Thanks for joining us here. We'll see you next time on Water Smarts. Water Smarts.